You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I am also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Today, we'll talk a little bit about the Sunshine Showdown, incoming Florida football transfers, And we'll end the show by taking a look at Kyle Trask and his ideal AFC fits. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Of course, for those of you who don't know, yesterday was the Sunshine Showdown, which is the Florida vs. Florida State series. The Gators got the home leg of the series today, they lost the first game 10 to 2 earlier this season. The game was <laughs> pretty disgustingly sloppy all around as the teams combined for 7 errors in the game, which is the same number of hits that the two teams combined for. The Gators and Seminoles also combined for 25 strikeouts in the 10-inning game because it did go into overtime, or extra innings, sorry. The Gators opened the scoring up in the second inning. They went up 2-0 following two sacrifice flies, one from Jordan Butler and the other from Kobe Halter. The Seminoles then tied it up in the fourth inning And then it was an absolute snooze fest run scoring wise for the remainder of the game until the bottom of the 10th inning when Kendrick Kalilau, he came in as a pinch hitter earlier in the game for Sterling Thompson, for Sterling Thompson. So this is his second now plate appearance and my word. He came up to bat, bottom of the 10th, and he hit the walk-off home run. And if you weren't watching the game live, I highly recommend going back to watch it as it was an absolutely electrifying moment. And it was just so awesome to watch him crowd the plate, go crazy, and take the jersey off and just go nuts with it. It was awesome. It was fun. Baseball needs more moments like this, especially with basketball and football getting just increasingly more entertaining baseball needs to just let people go nuts and we got to see that when the gators hit the walk-off home run so that was awesome garrett milchin started the game for the florida gators he ended up going six innings with two runs allowed only one of which was earned though of course like i mentioned teams combined for seven errors earlier so ugly game Milton also allowed just three hits, one walk, and he struck out five Seminoles over his six innings. When Milton came out, 
it was Jack Leftwich's turn to come in, and he came in for relief duty today, and he walked away with the win after pitching four innings. He didn't allow a hit in those four innings. He walked one batter, and he struck out seven to bring his overall record to five and two on the year. Leftwich's seven strikeouts tied for his second most on the season in a single game for Leftwich, and it now makes two straight appearances where he has not allowed a hit, even though his last appearance against Tennessee, he did allow a run, which is very unfortunate. He walked two batters. It was an ugly game, but whatever. We're moving on. We're celebrating a victory over Florida State because, I mean, how how can you not be happy about that? We beat the Seminoles. We'll take it wherever we can. On the offensive side of the ball, Nathan Hickey went two for five batting with a double. Again, two, meaning that he had half the team's total hits because Gators had four, Seminoles had three. So Nathan Hickey went two for five, and he had a double. Kirby McMullen, as opposed to getting two hits, he got hit by a pitch twice, and the Gators unfortunately had four four players strike out multiple times in this game like i mentioned 25 combined strikeouts very ugly and not very promising at all so we're going to hope that the gators can fix that despite the errors or in spite of the errors the gators were fairly sound defensively but need to clean up those errors and when it comes time to playing offense efficiency needs to get fixed here because those are way too many strikeouts and it's frankly unacceptable at least put the ball in play advance a runner take some more pitches get walked get on base do something productive as opposed to just striking out as often i know it's very silly of me being oh just just be better when i was a terrible baseball player but they're, they're a bit more competitive than I am. They're playing at a bit higher level. I think it's fair to raise the expectations a bit, especially if these guys want to play in the MLB. The Gators' next game is on Friday when they start a three-game series with the Missouri Tigers in Gainesville where I'm just going to hope and pray that the Gators will be able to feast on the 11-20 and 20 Tigers. Speaking of a feast, Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. It has 18 delicious flavors, including recent Built Bar champion, Coconut Brownie Chunk. Personally, I'm a cookie dough chunk or peanut butter brownie kind of guy. Those are my preferences. That's what I rock with. If you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like me, it's honestly terrible. That's no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber solution. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That's LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1515 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. 
Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. For the past couple of weeks, really, basketball transfers have been a large focus of this show. But today, we'll look at some football transfers that we'll be seeing this season for the Florida Gators. We're going to start off with a likely instant contributor in Jake Crispin. Crispin's a six foot, 195 pound kicker from Mississippi State. And fun fact Crispin was at Mississippi State when former Gators kicker and now NFL draft prospect Evan McPherson had committed to Mississippi State. But then McPherson decommitted and flipped to Florida. And now McPherson has gone to the NFL, and Chrisman is coming in from Mississippi State to Florida. So kind of funny how it's just flat circle, you know? <laughs> it's also important to note that when Chrisman went to Mississippi State, Dan Mullen, current Gators head coach, of course, was the head coach at Mississippi State. Since 2016, Chrisman has been at Mississippi State primarily as a starter, but this past season played in only two games. Chrisman's gotten 127 for 128 on extra points and 32 for 40 on field goals so far in his college career. The next transfer to talk about is Daquan Newkirk. Newkirk's a six foot three, 317 pound defensive lineman that started his college career at Auburn. And when he got to Auburn in 2018, he was just 282 pounds, so we've seen him grow a ton since high school. Newkirk is currently listed as a defensive tackle, but when he was coming out of high school, he was listed as a strong side defensive end. Newkirk has been used sparingly as a defensive lineman with four tackles for a loss and one and a half sacks through three seasons, with the vast majority of that coming this past season. The next two names on the list are guys that I'm very excited to see what they can do in Gainesville. First up is another defensive lineman. This time, it's Antonio Shelton from Penn State. Shelton's a six foot two defensive lineman that, very similarly to Daquan Newkirk, gained a ton of weight once he got to work with a college strength and conditioning staff. Shelton went from 280 pounds as a freshman to 327 pounds currently. So he started off 2 pounds lighter than Daquan Newkirk did, and he's currently 10 pounds heavier. So 47 pounds is a ton to put on. I get it's been 4 years, but that is still a lot of weight to put on. Throughout his 4 years at Penn State, Antonio Shelton had 12.5 tackles for a loss, with six sacks, including three and a half sacks this past season. Shelton is hoping, and I'm hoping, that with a strong season this year, he could set himself up for an NFL future, because he's kind of a name that, I don't know how closely you follow the draft and college football in general, but I was hoping that Antonio Shelton would kind of have a breakout year this year. Haven't seen that happen, so hoping for it to happen this coming year, when he's a Gator. 
The final incoming transfer to talk about is Demarcus Bowman, who is easily the guy that I am the most excited to see coming to Gainesville. Demarcus Bowman was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He is a Florida native as well. And he spent this past season with Clemson as a backup, getting just nine carries for 32 yards. Keep in mind, he only played in two games this past year, so he's still a freshman. That was a redshirt year for him because now you have to play in more than four games in order to burn that redshirt. If you follow along with recruiting, you know that Bowman was at one point expected to commit to Florida before he ultimately committed to Clemson. Very unfortunate. Bowman's a guy that he's been widely regarded, like I mentioned, a five-star. We've seen highlight tapes. We've seen his game film, actually, and he is just... He is a freak athlete, and it's been reported that he's been verified running a laser-timed 4-4-X, under 4-5, since high school. On the field... Bowman is a home run hitter by every stretch of the word. He is a freak, and he's going to give defenses fits, and I can't wait to see him personally in a Dan Mullen offense. I think that Dan Mullen will figure out ways to get Demarcus Bowman involved, whether it's rushing, receiving, returning. He's going to find ways to get the ball in his hands, and I mean, we've seen Dan Mullen can manufacture touches for players before. That's nothing new. It's something I'm very excited for. What I'm even more excited for, though, is that now Florida has a backfield that runs pretty much four deep. They'll have a four-man rotation at running back. And then you can pair that with Amory Jones, who's... I'm ready. I'm fine penciling him in at quarterback. Amory Jones being a running threat just means that defenses are going to have to commit so much more to the run game this year than they had to last year with, of course, a pedestrian rushing attack and a quarterback that wasn't very mobile. So now fits will be had by defenses and defensive coordinators. And every time I talk about Emory Jones and just his potential and what he can do with his Dan Mullen offense... I, first off, I get very happy. Secondly, I immediately get Heisman hopes for him. You know where I've actually already bet on Jones to win the Heisman with plus 2,500 odds? Bet online, of course. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON. From April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Odyssey and the Lockdown Podcast Network, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Our local experts for every team will make trades and pick the next stars of their team. 
follow the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Of course, yesterday I went through Kyle Trask's best NFC fits in the 2021 NFL Draft, which were the Bucks, Saints, Washington football team, and Bears, for those who didn't listen. If you want to hear the reasoning, go back and listen to yesterday's episode. But today, I'm here to talk about Kyle Trask's best AFC fits in the 2020 NFL Draft. First up, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are one of those teams where Trask would learn behind a potential Hall of Famer, like the Bucks that I mentioned yesterday. Whether or not the potential Hall of Famer is interested in being a mentor is completely different. Big Ben has said that he is not super interested in that. Doesn't really matter. Naturally, Kyle Trask would learn behind Big Ben. The Steelers currently have a need at quarterback, but seem committed to Ben Roethlisberger for the time being, so Trask wouldn't be rushed into playing at all. And with weapons like Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and James Washington, Trask would have plenty of options to choose from which could improve further if the Steelers draft an offensive weapon this year too. The Steelers also have a very quarterback-friendly offense, a very talented defense, and a stable coaching staff, so Trask wouldn't have to worry about an early change of scenery or a really unforeseen circumstance kind of disheveling everything. The next team are the New England Patriots, which pains me to say because you know not a fan but i think they're a good fit the patriots found absurd success with a pocket passer like tom brady and then struggled with cam newton so if they have another rough year with cam and they decide to kind of dial it back with dual threats caltras could be their starter next year the patriots spent a ton of money this offseason to add weapons on the offensive side of the ball namely Jonu Smith, who could be huge for Trask's game, having that reliable, freakishly athletic tight end. With a strong defense, offensive line, and running game, Trask would just have to not screw it up if he were to be playing for the Patriots. It also helps with the Patriots specifically that Josh McDaniels is expected to take over the head coaching job whenever Bill Belichick retires or whenever, really, whatever that may be. But that would likely allow Josh McDaniels to stay and Kyle Trask to stay connected and really just continue building their chemistry and their reputation with one another. A team that I've seen thrown about quite a bit is actually the Las Vegas Raiders. Earlier this offseason, There were rumors that the Raiders were kind of going in on Deshaun Watson if they can make it happen. And, I mean, while Derek Carr is certainly a talented NFL quarterback, he's about to be very expensive to keep and very cheap to part ways with. So the Raiders could look for a replacement now to groom preparing for that move. I'm not saying it's going to happen immediately, but after this coming season... Derek Carr may no longer be a Raider. The Raiders' weapons are fairly similar to what Kyle Trask is already comfortable with, so that would ease his transition a little bit. He'd have, 
I mean, Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller are compared to each other very frequently. And while he wouldn't have Kadarius Toney's freakish quickness, he would have Henry Ruggs' freakish speed on his side. The Raiders also have proven that they want to run the ball consistently, taking off even more pressure from the passing attack. And they have a young, budding defense, but let's not get ahead of ourselves and act as if that's going to work out perfectly. The final team that I'm talking about as a fit for Kyle Trask is one that I haven't really seen anywhere, really. But it's one that I really like the fit with him in this roster and this situation. And they have their they have a current quarterback that could stay for a while, but he's going to get expensive as well. The Tennessee Titans. We all know the Titans have the best rushing attack in the NFL. And we know that their offense is very heavily reliant on calling play action. Ryan Tannehill, I don't think, will finish his contract with the Tennessee Titans just due to the sheer money that he's owed later on. So Kyle Trask, if he were drafted to Tennessee, could sit for one or even two years before taking over this offense. We've seen this offense be very creative. Granted, Arthur Smith, their former offensive coordinator, is now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. But we've seen this offense be creative and try to cause some confusion for defenses to make just reads and decision-making easier for the quarterback, which would obviously help in this situation as well with a young quarterback. And with a good roster from top to bottom, if they can keep that nucleus together, they'll be competitive for years to come. And when you have a quarterback like Kyle Trask, who he's not going to be this world eater, that could be huge to come into play later because I doubt we see someone with Trask's skill set sign a, I don't know, three-year, $98 million fully guaranteed contract that's proven to be a complete waste of money. That does it for Kyle Trask's ideal fits. I'm sure I will discuss this again before the draft just because how can you not, really? But be sure to tune in tomorrow where I'll take another throwback Thursday to some former Gators draft picks. Thank you for listening. Once again, I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work at Whole9Sports.com. That's W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E sports.com. Don't forget to follow Locked On Gators so that you never miss an episode. Also, be sure to check out Locked On Raiders, where your boy Q has been absolutely killing the game as of late, and where you could soon start hearing Kyle Trask's name called in the coming weeks, really.